Williams. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. It's great to be with you today. It's Tuesday, December 1st, 2015. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. My sister Julie Dolan is in Dallas, Texas. Julie, rabbit, rabbit. Isn't that uh, what look- we're <laughs> Bunny, bunny, Leon. That's isn't that what you're supposed to say? Bunny, supposed bunny. To bring us. Did you ever hear that? Bunny, well, bunny. A rabbit, rabbit. Is it different? I don't understand. I've no, never but understood. The response that. is bunny, bunny. Oh, really? Uh, well, that's why I've been doing it. Okay. Okay. Just yeah. try it. Okay. Okay. All righty. All right. Wow. And it's only going to get better from there, people. So don't worry. It's a full show today. You know, we did take a whole week off because we were book touring and then it was Thanksgiving and there were some messages on the Facebook page. When are you going to have a new show? Well, here it is. Here's your new show. We really only took a week off, but here we are. Uh, And, uh, you know, we have Madam Secretary. We have two shows to recap. So we're going to combine them into one. They were were combined storyline anyway. So we're going to have the full Madam Secretary recap at the end of the show. Uh, Also today, we're going to tell you about the Portland book tour stops and the Dallas preview. And then Julie, we got an invitation to sign books at a bookstore yesterday. I literally howled when I opened up the email. So I'm going to tell you about that. Ooh, I can't wait to hear. We have some holiday stress busters for you. Julie, you, I understand you had a Cyber Monday fail. A failing. <laughs> Everyone else was spell, spending billions of dollars. It didn't work for me. Did this happen to, I want to find out if this happened to other people too. All right. And you went to see the movie Creed, which I applaud you. First of all, that's, I'm Leon. I love that young actor. I love him. Oscar buzz, Leon. I'm going to make some Oscar predictions today on the Tuesday show. (laughs) Wow. So rabbit, rabbit to all of you today. All right. First though, there was Thanksgiving this weekend and, Mm -hmm. um, because I had been in Portland till 10 o'clock the night before Thanksgiving, I kind of called off Thanksgiving at our house. Very minimal output. Didn't have a lot of guests. Just had my in-laws. Uh, my mother-in-law even cooked the turkey and brought it over. I mean, I still did the sides and everything. And Julie, I can tell you this empirically. It was the smallest Thanksgiving I've hosted in a long time. Just six people. It took like an hour to clean up. As a, <laughs> I, I was unbelievable. Like normally that's the thing. Like the cooking is sort of the easy part of Thanksgiving. I don't mean to dismiss people's angst over their turkey, but it's really the dishes and dishes and dishes that seem to go on for days at Thanksgiving, you know, because you have all the serving utensils you never use and stuff. Six people. I, I was like by Friday morning at eight o'clock, it was done. We had done the two loads of di- in the dishwasher. It was done. It was fantastic. <laughs> Well, this is why people, if they, you know, they go shopping on Thursday. I guess. go shopping because they have the small Thanksgiving dinner. I I mean, you usually usually have like 20, 30 people at your house and you have 20 or 30 different side dishes going on at all, at all times. Yeah. No, I I couldn't believe it. It was just done by eight o'clock Friday. I, I, it was just eye opening. It was, it was revelatory, revelatory. Would you you know, well, you know, my son, we were having Thanksgiving with my oldest son, Nick and his wife, Vera. And, and the, uh, the grand three of the grandchildren and Nick was, was insistent that this year he wanted a low key Thanksgiving. Okay. And he said it just like that to me, which was, which is, um, oh, wow. That's passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was aggressive. There was nothing <laughs> passive about it. That was like code for do not bring all that stuff over to my house. That's what he was saying. So which sort of, you know, okay, okay, I'm trying to go with the flow, but I, you know, but Leon, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't I know. Do it because it was like, well, does that mean the cranberry bread? Is that in or out? Is right. that low key or not? So I didn't make the cranberry bread. So of course at the last minute, what did I do? I panicked and I bought some rolls because <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Same thing. You know, uh, I, you know, the cranberry sauce, I can't only make one kind of cranberry sauce right. and make two, you know? Right. So but Even if was- no one eats the other one, I am literally the only one that eats the other one. I make a big thing every time. And then- <laughs> I can't, I can't help it. It's so, hard. It is hard to scale it is down. It's very hard. It's hard for us. It's okay. Hard, okay. It's hard for us to scale down. We should just admit it. So, but, but it was a good, it was a good Thanksgiving. Uh, low key. It was low, low key. 
miss that cranberry bread land. I know. Miss, miss no butternut squash at our God <gasps> Thanksgiving. Oh. I know. Blasphemy. Yes, I, I know. Low key. <laughs> Not doing that next year. Okay. Key it up next year. Key it up. Key it up. Um, well, I did have a couple of great days in Portland, so I just wanted to thank all of the Satellite Sisterhood that made an effort to show up at the Lucky Lab last Tuesday night in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it was cold. It might have been rainy, as it always is, but people showed up in droves, and I think we had a fantastic meetup there in Portland. It was a lot, you know, we didn't we planned it around the TV appearance the next day. So we would like to thank everyone who just, who went along with it. We couldn't get a bookstore, but it didn't matter. You showed up, you had your books, you brought your satellite sisters, you brought your daughters, you brought your satellite misters. Uh, somebody brought sons. That was fantastic. And uh, you just joined in there at the Lucky Lab. You were there at 449 or what? know it was from five we to like eight. people early land but that's the dolan sisters right there's no point from, in being late right it was from five to eight monica and i walked in at like one minute of five and there was already a table of the satellite sisterhood there it was great to get a chance to talk to everybody over three hours we just talked and talked and talked you talked we talked we didn't have a formal presentation but as i mentioned to several people you got one-on-one conversation with us monica and i were trying to move around and work the room and it was really fantastic to meet everybody you julie you'll see when in dallas it's just really uh it's really a great spirit when people get together in this kind of way and i really appreciate everyone that came there was you know natalie drove with her three daughters who proudly declared themselves next gen sat sisters they were adorable fantastic girls her three daughters in high school she drove down from seattle they stayed wow. at the lucky lab for like an hour and a half and then they drove back to seattle and that My is goodness that is like a three plus hour drive each way so incredible natalie to do that carol came she brought her daughter it was nice to meet cly lovely woman named cly came with her husband she had listened to us on opb and then lost us for a good decade and now she's back listening to the podcast people taught her how to do it it was so lovely to meet you it was just i hate naming names because you know it's really a pleasure to meet everybody we had you know, old friends, my old work friend showed up, some old friends from Portland from my single girl days were there. Oh, and that's nice. It that's... was fantastic. What a, a friend of mine from Pasadena who's recently relocated to Portland. She lived in the neighborhood, so she came by. Once again, I, I know the tour is supposed to be about the book, but it's really a bit about me. I, I just <laughs> have been enjoying it so much. <laughs> so we had a fantastic time. I think Monica had a good time and you know, the Lucky Lab was a fantastic place to do it. So we want to thank them for their hospitality. But it was all good in Portland. So, uh, you know, well, and the there pictures was... were great, Leanne. You put, posted a lot of those at Facebook and uh, the, everybody looked like they were having a fantastic time. Yeah. I mean, there was just a lot of intermingling amongst the sisterhood, for pe- people meeting new friends, people reconnecting with old friends. Uh, we had tried to get that private room there at the Lucky Lab, but it was booked and whatever was happening in there looked very boring. People did not look like they were enjoying themselves. <laughs> so uh, we had tried that. But um, the only, of course, uh, drawback was Liz could not make it. She was snowed in in Bend, Oregon. And for those of you who are disbelieving, like apparently Central Oregon was the only place in the country having a snowstorm, but it was really bad there. So she 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 made, you know, several guilt-ridden phone calls to me throughout the day Tuesday. I don't know if I can get there. Okay, we're leaving in a half an hour. Okay, now I'm watching the Department of Transportation cameras. It looks bad on the pass. It is a couple of big mountain passes and there were some whiteouts and stuff. So I said, Liz, I'm here. Monica and I can handle it. We're on board. We're going to do this. So it was just, once again, fantastic to be in Portland. And there was a real spirit there that they wanted to show up in droves, um, you know, to show St. Paul just what, <laughs> just, just I know. I like this important. lane that we're yeah. getting a little, co- you know, sort of competition going around, uh, you know, geographic competition, you know, that the Minnesotans set a very high bar. They I'm did. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They did. But, you know, in Portland... It was a school night. It was a, you know, a holiday week. And still we had at least 60 plus people there. So, I mean, that's a lot of people. It was really, really, really fun. There were gifts. Uh, Shelly brought us some soap. Julie, I'll be bringing that to Dallas. Carol brought honey, which I, from Seattle, she brought a whole gift bag from Seattle, including Seahawks cocktail napkins, which, uh, you know, 
I did not use it Thanksgiving, Carol, but uh, <laughs> maybe Super Bowl Sunday, maybe Super Bowl Sunday. But, you know, it's just wonderful to get to talk to people. A lot of it was great to see a lot of younger women there. It really made me happy. You know, people who have been listening for a long time or recently discovered us. Julie, a couple on board from the Outlander recap we were doing. That's how they discovered us. Or It's just nice to know that people have hung in for a long time and that the show is very meaningful to them, as it's very meaningful to us. So a uh, fantastic, fantastic turnout, Portland. Well done. Good, good job. Okay, so your bags are packed, Lane, because this is the w- Dallas week here, and you're coming right for um, our Barnes and Noble appearance. This is on Thursday, December third at noontime at the Preston Royal um, Barnes and Noble. And uh, Leon, we've we you know we dare people to come to Dallas. Uh, I we've just we just want you to show up because I think we're going to have a fun time there, right? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm I'm really I'm torn with a bunch of outfits. I don't know what to wear, but I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out tonight because I'm leaving first thing tomorrow. Um, But, Julie, we have to talk about what we're going to do. Vera is going to be there at the Barnes & Noble. So that will be the first time Vera is going to be working with us on one of these. So we have to figure out our rundown. Is Alice taking the day off of school? No, she cannot take the day off. She's in third grade. I mean, they they have, like, important stuff. They're learning. She could miss all of cursive if she took one day off. She could (laughs) I you miss- know that's it. They're very busy. They're doing oh. like world reports. She can't. She can't. She may miss China if she doesn't show. If she doesn't, <laughs> okay. she takes the day off. That could be a problem. You know. So I know, but uh, but it's going to be. But Vera, that's a special guest yeah. appearance by Alice's mom, yes. who's not in New York yes. and has not been on. The, this will be her first appearance on the book tour. Yes, and she's very excited, and uh, so she'll be there. Yep. Yes, she's so lovely and thoughtful, and her piece in "You're the Best" is just wonderful about sort of uh, political differences on Facebook, and and uh, you know because she was uh, she's she was born not in this country. She has a really interesting perspective on that. She's an interesting perspective on everything. So I'm really looking forward to that. So we're going to figure out a Bafo lineup for what we're going to do when I get there uh, tomorrow. And you have secured light refreshments, correct? Yes, light refreshments. Okay. I've had like five trips to Barnes and Noble. About I know. That. We thought we could bring in our own nothing but cakes. We'll just no, say it. We couldn't. We, they wouldn't allow us to do that. So but they have some nice. They look like they have some tasty things at the cafe right there at Barnes <laughs> okay. and Noble. So okay. again, I've been in there several times, back and forth. So they go, we're, we're supposed to get a wide array, Leon. That's what they said. Ooh, I don't know what that's going to mean. Wide array. That's what we okay. want. All right. Well, that is going to be exciting. Julie, what's the weather like? Oh, well, here's the good news, Leon, because yeah. uh, we've had five days of rain over I Thanksgiving. I mean, we've had so much rain here, so much flooding, but the skies have cleared. The sun is even going to be out tomorrow, Leon. Okay. And so this is very positive. So it's going to be lovely, crisp weather. It's going to be perfect for coming to a book signing and for doing a little holiday shopping. That's what I think. Excellent. Now, uh, is it puffer coat weather? Yeah, you need to bring a coat, Leah. Yeah, yeah we'll be a little cooler in the evenings. Okay. Yes, yes, indeed. Because once you leave California, I've realized on this book tour, everyone in America has a puffer coat. Yeah, <laughs> like in Southern California, it's not really cold for everyone to wear it. But Brooklyn, everyone had a puffer coat. Portland, mm-hmm. everyone has a puffer coat. I, I, I purchased my first puffer coat last year. I'm bringing it to Dallas. Bringing the okay. puffer coat to Dallas. Fire it up, Leon. Because <laughs> in Portland, I was working the puffer vest under the puffer under the raincoat but i'm just going with straight puffer coat uh in in texas all right well julie we got an email yesterday morning i laughed out loud wondering if we could do a book signing friday december 18th you are never going to guess where i'm going to tell you where okay i can't guess at the international terminal at lax Really? Yeah. One of those Hudson Newses, which oh. is actually really hard to get into airport bookstores. Like, you know, if you've noticed, they don't have a ton of books. So uh, we got a, a call from our distributor. Could one of us, could any of us go to, you know, the Tom Bradley International <laughs> Terminal at LAX lunchtime Friday, December 18th. That sounds like I would love to do it, Lynn. I, I mean, you know it's what? a very busy terminal. I've flown in and out of there quite a bit, Lynn. I know Liz has too. So I think it's, are you going to do it? I, I raised my hand. I said, I, I cannot even ask Liz to go to LAX like one more time <laughs> on a free, on a Friday. 
And I said, so I will, I will do it. I'll go to the Tom Bradley terminal at LAX at Hudson News. And you know what Liz responded? Of course, she is flying in that morning from Washington, D.C. She will already be at LAX. <laughs> I mean, so funny. I thought I could spare her a trip, but no, no. She's going to, don't worry, she'll be flying in from the East Coast. And when you fly east to west, you get in relatively early in the morning. Uh, that's what happens So because of the time difference. So there you go. We will confirm that. So don't rush out to LAX now. I guess you actually have to you know, have a boarding pass to come see us. You have to actually. No, no, no. Be- I don't think so, Leon. No, no. It, um, you don't go through security until uh, you can just come right into that area. Oh, okay. They have, they have a Hudson. Well, I know they have a Hudson News uh, that's not in the secure area. So All right. you just walk right in there. I don't. Okay. Uh, I can park right across the street. Yeah, I'll be good. So that really made me laugh. That's a first. <laughs> right before I went to Portland, I did speak at the Humane Society building here in Pasadena, the Dog <laughs> Pound, and uh, <laughs> it was very. Well, we do have that essay about dogs as friends. Yeah. So that makes sense, Liam. This is, they, we have the mo- most beautiful dog pound in the world in Pasadena. Somebody gave millions and millions of dollars. So they have built a new dog pound that looks a little bit like a Ritz Carlton. Uh, and they have a, a space there. So that's where I did a luncheon. It was a fundraising luncheon for the cancer support community. But it was technically at the Dog Pound. So this has been quite a tour. The Dog Pound in LAX. It's very glamorous. Very glamorous. All right. We are going to take a break here on Satellite Sisters. When we come back, we're going to, Julie's going to tell us about her Cyber Monday fail and uh, also a, a review of Creed. Stay tuned. We're the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. We're back. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan. And Julie, of course, after Thanksgiving, after the book tour, it was all about the holiday shopping. And I heard today on Good Morning America, that is my source, that it was the biggest Cyber Monday ever. $3 billion worth of merchandise moved on Cyber Monday. And big winners, of course, were a lot of the big retailers, your Walmarts, your Amazons, your eBay, and uh, your Target. In fact, the Target website actually crashed, yeah. as did the Neiman Marcus website <laughs> crashed. But Julie, you know who else was in like the top five? No. The Gap. Gap.com. And I know for many years we've been trying to bring back the Gap on Satellite Sisters. <laughs> we I wanted know. to buy they, it. Oh, they did okay. Yeah. I mean, not not just Baby Gap. No. I can understand Baby Gap because that's, that's a great store. But no. really just Gap Gap Gap.com. Gap.com. Oh. Up, up, up there, uh, identified as one of the top retailers of the day. Uh, maybe they gave everything away. I don't I don't know. I, I did very little. Okay. I just, I ordered some, some moisturizer for myself. That's all I ordered. <laughs> well, that is really the holiday spirit. Lynn. It is. I saw that that hyaluronic moisturizer I like at the natural skin shop was 40% off and I purchased it. I'll tell you that. I purchased some. That stuff is gold. But uh, so that was it, though. Three billion dollars. And here's the incredible fact. Another fact I heard on GMA. Uh, Something like 70 percent of the shopping was done from phones and tablets. Wow. People are just amazing because that I mean, the phones aren't that big. It's hard to get to see pictures of the merchandise. Uh, But I guess people like teeny tiny pictures. Yeah, Uh, you used to have to be at the office with your fast internet connection. But now you can be on the bus going to the office and actually participate in Cyber Monday. I thought that was incredible. I also thought it was incredible that I thought I had, like, unsubscribed to so many e-newsletters. And then I realized I hadn't. Yeah, over the last three days with all the, you know, offers in my inbox. And today is Giving Tuesday. And so now I'm getting all the charity offers too. So a lot of emails, a lot of shopping, a lot of buying. So did you buy anything? What'd you get? No, I had a total Cyber Monday fail. What happened? Because I really wanted to participate. I mean, I really haven't gotten on the Cyber Monday bandwagon. First of all, I don't go to an office. uh, And uh, I don't know. I just, I never, usually I'm not organized enough to, uh, to buy Christmas presents on the Monday the Monday after Thanksgiving, yeah, but because we had such a low key Thanksgiving, <laughs> I was I was well ahead. I'm, I'm well ahead. So I was like, I'm a, I was a game to do that. So of course, first side I went on Target, yeah, okay, it crashed. Oh, well, that wasn't it. Wasn't fun, Lee, and you know, I'm just like, okay, I kept going back to it, and 
spinning, thought, spinning, okay, spinning. spinning. So, yeah. it wasn't, so that wasn't happening. So then I went to another site and I was like, okay, I, you know, I had picked out an item and I was going to buy it and I, you know, clicked on it back ordered to February. Okay. <laughs> was it a star Wars item? No, it wasn't a star. Okay. Wars item. I, I have collected some <laughs> of those early. No, I was like, it was a puffer vest. Okay. Oh. And uh, for, uh, for a family member that, that, but a fail, total fail. So I would just like gave up. That's it. <laughs> I know maybe I should have stuck with it. No, you could have. Other sites, going to other places. Because I, I think I mean, they I sell just... puffer vests at every site now. I, I mean, okay, in, Leanne, in Portland, they but... practically sell them on street corners now. It's just everybody wears puffer. So, but right. that was it. That was your effort. That was, <laughs> yes, Leanne, that was my effort. Okay. okay. I just was like, Dipping my toe into the Cyber Monday hoopla and, uh, you know, nothing happened. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Okay. It didn't make me feel good. So I, I, you know, I think there's still some problems out there. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's good analysis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good analysis. Like well, apparently, but uh, again, $3 billion worth of merchandise. Was I know. Sold. But so that other made people me feel man- even worse because I knew that everybody else <laughs> is getting the gifts that they wanted. They were having fun days. Not me. Uh-uh. <laughs> Okay. All right. But Leanne, I I did, you know, it's, it is the gift giving time. You're an excellent gift giver. And we've talked about that before on the podcast. It actually gift giving uh, sort of makes, makes me panic. I, I, I I worry about the the quality of my gifts. I worry about the purpose, the message. (laughs) I just, I overthink it. I underthink it. I panic. And so, but I saw an article this morning on the science of the perfect gift as if I didn't have enough pressure. Uh, there's, there's, there's now a lot of research about what makes a good gift and how to give a good gift. The first and most important thing, Leanne, is you have to give a gift that reflects your true self, okay? That gifts should reflect your tastes that, um, because it will make the recipients feel closer to you. So yeah. if you really like something or you're enthusiastic about something, that will, you know, they'll the recipient will understand why you picked that gift out for them and that that message that will be a meaningful message mm-hmm. which okay. is which is good so that's why i think our book is perfect Leanne, because <laughs> our book, because that's our, our true is, self okay it's a perfect gift <laughs> okay but here's a, here's something else you know they have done some research and they said don't give charity you know how you can sponsor oh. any number of things in the name of a good cause that only close friends and parents enjoy receiving charitable gifts made in their honors. Your friends don't. They don't want you to do that. <laughs> I it, would. It, I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's something. It, you know, it's like you know, it is sort of a one's upsman. It's like you know, uh, I'm you know, I'm going to make you feel badly about getting merchandise. Uh, so it doesn't. Which is too bad because. I think these are nice gifts to give to people, but you know, that can work within your family, but don't think you can give that to your friends. Okay. Okay. They don't, they don't want that. Now here's one that I I just, this just shocked me. They said, don't bundle a big present with an, with a little extra present because the add on detracts. So let's say you're going to get a beautiful new Le Creuset, um, like pot or something like that. Yeah. Don't put a wooden spoon on t- on the bow when you give them the pot because it diminishes the gift in the recipient's eyes. They've oh, done that is interesting this, psychology. That just give them the pot. That's what, you know, don't, you know, you're, if you've got a big gift, just give the big gift. Don't, don't add doodads to it. Okay. okay. <laughs> is, that, is that the scientific term, doodad? Doodads. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. okay you I'm know like, if you're gonna give someone like uh, you know a golf club okay don't give them a pack of golf balls too just give them the golf club oh That's all it. right just you know just big and splashy but now let's say you're not giving a big gift okay that's um you know here's the here you know but whatever gift you give but I kind of like the little package gifts, but maybe, I don't know. Again, that's why I've been doing it wrong. This is the science. They've done research. Research people, on this. Okay. People have responded. Now, here's one I can, I can totally relate to is be wary of what you give to men. Okay. Because men are tricky to buy for. They feel badly about a relationship when they receive a disappointing gift. Okay. Women's view about the relationships are less affected by, you know, like a bad gift. 
But if you give men a bad gift, they're real, they're really pouty about that. Have really? you ever done that? Yeah. Have you ever like missed? Oh no, barricade barricades again. I mean, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of gift issues, but I yeah. it only makes me feel worse. I didn't think it would make. I give him good gifts, and then he'll say like, "Oh, you spent too much," and return it, which is that's rough. That <laughs> that happened in the early days of our marriage a couple times, and again, these it was not. You know, it's not crazy. So it's not like I bought him a Porsche or anything. So uh, it's not crazy that's spending. He, he doesn't want to do daddling and he just wants a car. Okay. okay. But, all right. But that's yeah, but true. that's that they get really pouty. Huh. I, you know, I bought my husband a really nice leather jacket one year. Okay. Oh, that was, oh, he didn't like that at all. <laughs> didn't like that at all. It's just. Okay. Oh, that was, so you got to be real. That is tricky. So, I mean, you got to sort of stick with things that they really love. Okay. And that they, they, I mean, the fact that they, you know, that, that they get so sensitive about gifts kind of like, that's kind of a little crazy. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I thought I, we got sensitive about gifts to be honest. Like the year I got like coffee three years in a row. And finally (laughs) I just had to say, you know, this is a grocery item. I like, I, (laughs) It's not uh, a gift. I uh, like. Uh, uh, it's just like giving me a box of cereal. I don't. Uh, so I know it's. So, I mean, I appreciate you it, but can't even return it. No, know? I mean, I would use it. It's fine. It's just. Yes, I buy coffee every week. I, I drink coffee. Yes, it's not. A, anyway, all right. Okay. okay. Most important thing yeah. is you give a gift. Give well. I mean that you are going to feel better if you give a gift. That's okay? true. That is yes, 100% that true. Is, that is that is that is a, a proven fact, okay? So even though you're now petrified because because it's impossible to know what people really want and or to be successful at this, you should keep trying. You should definitely keep trying. <laughs> okay. Cuz people like their gifts, okay? And it makes and more importantly, it makes you feel better. So, there you go. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Making you feel better. All right. Well, stay spirit land. You know, Real Simple had um, an article on why aren't you happy, how to take the pressure off the season. And it sounds like maybe you could use some of these tips, Julie, because you do worry a lot about the gift giving. And they give like a bunch of different scenarios. It's a good, it's a good article. I'll try to post a link at SatelliteSisters.com. Although you never know if Real Simple actually has links on their website. I get the actual magazine. So, uh, so here, here's one scenario that they outlined with some of the reasons why, uh, how you can, how you can beat the stress. Okay. So if you're going through a big life transition, you may feel like you should be happier but for some reason you're not. And that can be, maybe it's your first Christmas with your new spouse. Uh, maybe it's the first time you have an empty nest. Maybe you have a new home. Uh, maybe you're just retired and you're feeling this pressure. Like I should be happier, but it's a time of flux. And that's when we're especially prone to feelings of guilt. And you probably remember feeling that sometimes like your first Christmas that you're married, you should be happier, but usually you have to pick between one family or the other, right? You're going to make someone mad. So that can be stressful. Or, you know, if it's your first Christmas where your kids are off and you're home alone, that can be bad. Or you're in a new house and that's great. But for some reason you sort of freakishly miss your old little house where you had all those traditions. So, um, What's interesting about this, though, is that your brain really grooves on this kind of stress and guilt, Julie. Did you know that? Oh, I believe, yeah. yeah. That, that, that it just increases, that you really get into a, a, like a lane with your guilt uh, and just you can really, it's sort of a super highway of guilt. Is it that, is. It's, like it's in yeah. fact, it triggers the same part of your brain that lights up when you win money. So, <laughs> like, that's it. Really? You feel rotten, but it's strangely appealing and you blame yourself and that reinforces the belief that you have some control over the situation and you can do something different. Lynn, oh. is this report going to get better as you go, <laughs> yeah. go so, on? Do you have any positive news in this? Okay. Report? So here's okay. A, this is positive for you based on what okay. you just said. Okay. How to bounce back. How to bounce back from this. Julie, ask yourself, is this thought useful? All yeah. right. One of my, according to uh, Dr. Harris, one of my meditation teachers taught me to ask this myself when I was worrying, uh, okay, is this thought useful? Julie, you need to ask that about your gift giving issues. Is it, <laughs> is it useful? 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Identifying your thoughts and asking if they're rational is so effective that it's the primary strategy in the co- in cognitive behavioral theory, right? So that's it's really helpful to go. This worry is just not useful. Me stressing over this gift giving or this situation not useful. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another thing you can do, Julie, to uh-huh. get to get in the groove again. Create a little ritual. All right. Okay. All right. People All right. like rituals, and the, even if they're complicated. They did a study in 2013. This is pretty interesting. Psychological Science, published in Psychological Science Journal. Okay, they gave students a, a chocolate bar. And they told half the students to just eat the chocolate bar. And they told half the students to eat the chocolate bar a specific way, to unwrap it, to break it in half, and then break it in quarters, and then eat these quarters first and those quarters first. The students who were told to savor it with a ritual really enjoyed the chocolate bars a lot more than the kids who just ate it however they wanted to. I can, I can understand that. That right. makes sense. Yeah. So, so if you're looking to sort of get your mojo back, create a little ritual. Maybe it's you have a cup of tea at the end of every day or you light a candle every, every evening that smells like cranberry and that makes you happy. And there you go. So there you go. Just make a daily ritual to help get you through. And it's like, uh, it's like brushing your teeth. You know, it's going to be something that gives you a new purpose. And then it says, be a little sappy. Go through old photos or think of happy memories from the past mm-hmm. and maybe the role you left behind. Maybe if you're, you know, suffering from an empty nest, it's not the best. Go look at those first photos or those holiday cards, whatever, pull them all out and take a look at that. And that will actually make you happier looking towards the future. So there you go. Oh, well, thank you. Here, see? Tips. Okay. Ask okay. yourself, is this worry worth it? That's a good okay. question. Okay. That's that is, question. that is a good one. But, um. I still don't know what I'm going to get you later. Show up tomorrow, so now I'm on the guilt highway. Okay, but anyway, uh, I did want to mention over the holidays, over Thanksgiving, because of uh, because of all the rain, we went to the movies. Yeah, Leon. Now, are you, were you planning to go see the movie Creed? Here's why I might go see Creed. First of all, I've seen Sylvester Stallone on every possible news show. And, you know, he's an interesting guy to me. Over the years, he's become a very interesting guy. The story of Rocky and how he got that made is still interesting. So there's that. But I absolutely love Michael Jordan, the act, the young actor. Pete Jordan? Yes. 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 Okay, he's from Friday Night Lights and Fruitvale Station. He's an incredible actor. So I, I would definitely go see that. Yeah, see, I'm not, I, I mean, I saw the original Rocky. I'm sure I probably have seen some of the other Rockies. I just forced to because, right. because my sons were watching it. But, you know, it is a boxing movie, so yeah. it wasn't my first choice. And there are boxing scenes in the movie Creed. Yeah. Uh, and some were, are, were, are just so so realistic that I had to look away because yeah. uh, because they're they're very strong. But I am telling you, Sylvester Stallone and Michael J. Uh, Michael B. J., uh, uh, Jordan are amazing. Okay, that you. I mean, so Sylvester Stallone. If you like the original Rocky, his acting in this in Creed is going to make you forget Rocky two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah, his presence and his he's so likable, and he has the heart. And um, and Michael B. Uh, Jordan again, is you are cheering for him. Yeah. You know, people in the, in the movie theater were clapping at the end of this. Oh, movie. that's always a great sign. Yes. Yes. He was, he's, he's just, he is so appealing. He is such a good actor. The script is good. I mean, it's, it's got the Edna Dolan, our mother, you know, rule. It's about 20 minutes too long as far as I was uh, concerned, but it has such heart, such sweetness in the movie without being, and enough references to the Rocky tradition, but not too many references. I mean, it is a new movie with new relationships. um, uh, And, you know, it really is quite good. And I think uh, Sylvester Stallone is going to get an Oscar nomination for this. Really? I, I really do. I mean, he, I just, his presence in the movie is amazing. He was really, really good, you know, because, uh, well, know, that's I, what all the news stories, you know, I think I saw him on CBS Sunday morning. So it was a long story. And of course they went back to Philadelphia and back up the stairs and everything, but it, it was just great seeing those scenes from the original Rocky, like, because yeah. that was a fantastic movie and he yes. was fantastic in that. And the fact that he wrote that movie, he was down and out actor. He thought it was his last shot. He had held on to it. He turned down all these offers to buy the script because he wanted to star in it. So, 
I, that was just like a feel good story. And then the, the, yeah, the highlights from this movie look great. All right. Well, that's a good review. Yes. You should go see it. I, that's, I would, I mean, again, you might have to close your eyes during some of the box yeah. scenes, but, um, but the movie is, uh, is so well done. I think you would enjoy it. It's and well, a, it's on its, its way to making a hundred million dollars, which is, I, yeah, I, big, it's a big movie. It's it surprised a, me. I mean, I read the reviews and they're like, oh, this is great. And I didn't think it was going to be that great, but <laughs> it's pretty good. I just didn't believe him, Leanne. You know, I'm a little skeptical. All right. You heard it here. Creed, go see it. Oscar Buzz. Oscar Buzz, Sylvester Stallone. Wow, we're just making a lot of predictions and bold statements today on the show. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. And when we return, it will be our recap of Madam Secretary. We're doing uh, episodes eight and nine from season two, Lights Out and Russian Roulette. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. It is Tuesday, December 1st, and we are recapping not one but two episodes of Madam Secretary this week. Julie, we had to take a break last week after the uh, uh, Lights Out episode because... uh, I'm on a book tour. We are, we're on a book tour and I was in Portland and we couldn't record a show. So right. it was almost fun to watch the episodes back to back though, wasn't it? I think that's a good way, particularly because there was a, a like a, a theme through both of these shows. Right. Uh, all about Russia, Liam. All about Russia. All right. And for those of you who are new to Satellite Sisters and just discovering us through our Madam Secretary recaps, one, we're happy to have you. Two, I hope you enjoyed that interview with the executive producers last week. That was really fun to talk to Barbara Hall and Lori McCreary. We appreciate their time so much. And three, Julie used to live in Russia. So she lived there for five years and uh, she has been reporting on all things Russian on Satellite Sisters for 15 years. She has had her eye on many, many things, including power grabs and polonium poisoning, all of which factored into these two episodes. Exactly. Right. So, all right. So briefly, these, this is what happened over the last two weeks. Okay. The first one was a lights out episode. It was a very intense episode. Uh, We really just had two main storylines and um, it was what was happening in Russia and who, who brought down Air Force One, who hacked into Air Force One. And the other one was uh, getting rid of rat face Craig. We had no domestic scenes, very, very few kids. I don't even think there were any kids in the show, but we did have some interaction with Elizabeth and Henry about sharing secrets. And that is going to prove to be important in the second one. So if you remember in Lights Out, Elizabeth and Russell hatched this plan to, uh, to sort of trap rat face Craig into resigning before he can tarnish um, the reputation of the president. And they're focused on that, you know, hocus pocus he did around uh, op- reopening relationships with Cuba. That actually works. I thought that was beneath them though, Julie. I felt like that storyline, <laughs> storyline, I felt bad that they had to do it that way. I, well, you know, here's the thing. Russell has that, you know, he's the political um, uh, street fighter. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, he does, he does all kinds of like black ops and things like that. And I, I just, I worry about um, Elizabeth because I feel like in this situation, she was aligned with uh, Russell, but in future situations that he can turn all of that kind of dirty tricks and trapping on Elizabeth. So you know, what goes around comes around. That's I agree. What, uh, that says, I watched this as much as I wanted to get rid of Craig Ratface. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was, I'm very worried about Elizabeth. So. All right. And the other storyline in Lights Out that sort of carries over to uh, the show that premiered this week, Russian Roulette, was this idea of identifying who hacked into Air Force One. And uh, the, you know, uh, evidence was mounting that it was the Russians. They had identified the hacker. They'd identified a payment. Uh, it was in Bitcoin. They identified a motive. And all the evidence, it was sort of circumstantial, but it was pointing towards Russia. And that's when, Julie, we started in with the, I'm going to send a message. A lot of messages were sent. Over the over the last two episodes, and you know, President Dalton has woken up, and he decides to turn the lights out on Russia to hack the Moscow power grid. I mean, it is a what? pretty amazing. That was an amazing uh, storyline, Leon. Because when you think about, like, well, if you wanted to poke Russia, what would you do? I mean, if you don't want to send bombs, how right? 
what would you do? And right. sort of turning off the lights in Moscow, I mean, that's a pretty interesting thing. And to see all the Moscow go dark, that was that was amazing, Leon. Right. I, I, I thought that was an interesting turn of events. But you know that Moscow's not going to sit around in the dark, Leon. Uh, no. There was going to be retaliation for that. And there was. In the next episode, Russian Roulette, so this is episode nine that debuted this Sunday night. And this is where we see Moscow turns off the gas pipelines, okay? They're turning them off. And there was something really old school just about the idea that Russian guy, like, like oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that was turning the wheel. I, like I, I don't know that much about oil and gas, but I am sure you don't take some <laughs> some big like knob and turn it like that's how you turn it off. No, that you would blow up all the gas lines because because of the pressure of the natural gas. Yeah, but Leon, I did like in the opening scene President Ostroff. Uh, you know, she is she is the the former wife of or she is the wife of the former president, and she's now acting as the president they've been in the dark but yet she has light and she has an incredible full makeup on you know, know. That and so everyone four else inch heels right and everybody else has been groping around in the dark but not the not president ostrov she looks fabulously and and uh it's a little known fact i don't know if it's true but when we lived in uh, russia they used to say that russian women spent more of their disposable income on makeup than any other ethnic group in the world uh that russian women no matter what want to look good and have their face on so and so even in the light of a catastrophe such as a a power outage she looked fabulous all right so we have that we have the russians retaliating things are heating up and the u.s is trying to rally support for the u.s position that russia is starting world war three and that they need to get out of ukraine and we need to all bond against russia because they're really the big bad guys and so elizabeth convinces uh the president and those joint chiefs of staff who apparently do nothing like what because is it me or is Elizabeth the only one, Elizabeth and her staff, the only one actually solution hunting, <laughs> right? I mean, she is looking for that light bulb moment every single time. Yes. Yeah. She are... seems to always be showing up late to the situation. I... They're always in the situation. Right. Doing nothing. Like waiting, nothing. What it, just waiting for her to show up. Okay. <laughs> so, so Elizabeth convinces them that she needs to go to the UN and have her moment where she rallies the rest of the world against Russia. But it quickly becomes uh, pretty much a weapons of mass destruction moment. And I was thinking that. I'm sure you were thinking that, Julie. And then yes. she actually says it. We don't want that because the evidence against Russia is starting to break down now. She's starting to have questions about whether, you know, it was Russian money that paid to hack the, the Air Force One. And this is where I think it was a pretty interesting uh, two, two episode arc between she and Henry discussing whether they should share information that they have. You know, Elizabeth's the Secretary of State. He is running an operation in Russia with an operative for the NSA while he also is a religion professor. He has information that might actually persuade her to look in other directions beside Russia. And so we see a little bit a little bit of it starting in episode eight in the Lights Out episode that they're discussing how much can they share. They can't do this. They could go to prison. It is illegal for them to share classified information, even though they're spouses. And then and in episode nine, like the roof blows off here, you know, Henry has just has to tell Elizabeth what he knows. And it proves to be a game changer. I really like those scenes between uh, between Henry and Elizabeth. I thought those were good. And reminded me of some of the conversations I have with my husband in the kitchen. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, we're you just, two are, are not sharing secrets? Yeah. Well, we're discussing, I don't know, what to do with the... Uh, what to do with the gutters now that, you know, El Nino's on the way. We, we do a lot of state secret sharing in the kitchen. How about you and Trump? Yes, yes, indeed. Well, we, we actually do share state secrets, Leah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But, you know, but it, it, it was an interesting with the backdrop of Craig uh, Ratface there because, because he, was, he was now out because he had, he had like, um, destroyed government documents. Okay? Right. That was a crime. So now Elizabeth and Henry are contemplating 
committing a crime. Uh, but at the same time, they're husband and wife. Right. And this is what husbands and wives do. They talk to each other, right? Yeah. It seems impossible to actually enforce yes. that. Like yes. impossible and not actually all that great for, for church or state or marriage or the country. Like I, I didn't really under, I mean, I know you kind of have to do it because you don't know you know, how loose the other person's lips are. But uh, I really enjoyed those scenes. I thought they were good. And, you know, he's still crazy about her, even though, even though she's withholding secrets. (laughs) And, you know, and then he, he ventured out in blue jeans. That was good. I like that. But in the meantime, Henry's really tortured because he is sent his operative Dimitri in a side storyline. He has sent his operative Dimitri back to Russia. They lose contact with him. Uh, they think he's gone. They think he's dead. Um, Law and order woman Jane wants to pull the plug on the whole operation. <laughs> but Henry's convinced that Dimitri will contact them. And lo and behold, uh, Dimitri ends up like, you know, in, in Maria Ostroff's detail and, uh, and passes along some huge secrets with his handy little jacket camera. <laughs> I know, Leon. I want one of those. That was a total James Bond moment there. Yeah. But uh, but it was tense. I mean, it's always tense when they're photographing documents. It is. It? I it mean, is. it doesn't matter what what's you know what movie or what TV show. Anytime they're stealing documents, it gets very tense. But he passed that on, and that was that was key information. And you know, Elizabeth again, she is the voice of reason, the voice of diplomacy. She's the one. You know, let's let's make sure we're absolutely sure before we start lobbing missiles um, at, at another country. And uh, and that information, the fact that they, you know, that they didn't, it didn't disclose any sort of cyber warfare against a- Air Force One was really key to um, Elizabeth's understanding of who was behind the cyber warfare on Air Force One. And Julie, who was behind the cyber warfare well, on Air I, Force I, One? I, I feel like we called it three or four did. episodes ago. Yes, we did, Leanne. We we were very suspicious of the Ukrainian president that he was supposed to have like had a, a plane crash. And then we see him on some Skype call and he's looking pretty good right. for having fallen out of an airplane, okay? And that just didn't sit right with us, did it, Liam? No, it didn't. I think we said it was like the faked moon landing. Like something was just totally weird about that. And so Elizabeth thought so too. But again, what were the Joint Chiefs of Staff doing? Like if they didn't think that was weird, like what are they doing? Like, oh, really? You jumped out of like a moving like jet plane and you don't have any injuries? I'm good with that. I'm just going (laughs) to sit here in this stuffy jacket. I just didn't understand it. So Elizabeth starts to put the pieces together and she discovers that it's actually the Ukrainians with the help of her staff who actually seem to be helpful this week. Um, yes, they were doing a better job this yes. week. I still wish we had a little more bench strength over yeah. the, the State Department. <laughs> but, um, so uh, they, they, they definitely did. They, they, all the evidence points towards the Ukrainian president kind of setting them up faking the plane crash, the plane hacking. Uh, he's trying to sort of bring his cause to the forefront and get on uh, get on the good side of President Dalton in the U.S. And uh, thank goodness Elizabeth doesn't go to the U.N. She cancels that speech. And I, as a viewer, I started to get worried, like, how do you cancel a speech? Do you just not show up? Does some I was worried. <laughs> You know, what's happening with the security in New York City? That's such a pain in the neck at the U.N. Do do they have to pay all that overtime? I was I I got really distracted by that. And uh, so in the end, World War Three doesn't happen. They sort of shame the Ukrainian president um, telling him, like, one one more false move, buddy. And we're going to this is going to get out. But they agree to just bury the whole thing and not go public with it. Uh, and in the meantime, they've really made the Russians mad with that little lights off trick. So yeah, I know I think there will be more, Leon. I think there'll be more. I think going forward, we have to worry about Russell as well, because one of the other sort of subplots is that Russell you know, seems to have some health issues. Yeah. You know, he's on the treadmill a lot in yeah. that one episode. Um, and that uh, his wife appears to be some kind of doctor who's, you know, monitoring what he eats and his heart conditions. So 
So I think something's happening happening with Russell there. So. Yeah, there were there were about a hundred references to. Does your wife let you eat that? Can you eat that? Are you having bacon? Yeah, that seemed uh, that seemed uh, you know pretty almost too obvious. But okay, we get it. All right, Julie, a couple of key moments for me uh, that I liked. First of all, the polonium poisoning. Uh, <laughs> Julie, I, for those people who don't know your long history following polonium poisonings in the Russians, I mean this is actually something they have employed many times, killing spies in Paris, killing people in the Ukraine. Like, this is their A number one go-to poisoning right. system, this isn't is it? Right, this is their signature, uh, signature thing. And they did do it while, you know, one time when we were in London, we went to the same, same place where the Russians are serving up polonium to uh, to a defector. Uh, we, were, we were sipping tea uh, very close by. So, <laughs> oh, yes, so we've been on that. So, yes, I like that polonium detail, Leanne. That was excellent. It uh, was. Polonium 210. They made sure yeah. to say that, you know. And I liked when Elizabeth said, it's not really a great murder tool because... <laughs> You it can end up poisoning yourself. Yes, yes, it takes a long time to die. People, right. it's a you know. I mean, we're joking about it, but it's a it's a it's a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Yes, it is, Julie. Thank you for clearing that up. All right, I also really enjoyed that Stevie Wonder ad for Apple. Oh my gosh, did you see that yes, new ad? That's nice. That's nice, Leanne. Oh that's my gosh, good. with that <laughs> young singer Andra Day is her name. I had to look it up. He's covering his own song, "Someday at Christmas." That was a tearjerker right in the middle of that episode. <laughs> I just I had to watch it a couple times. That's was... what I like about you, Leanne. Not only do you like TV, you like commercials too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then finally, shout out for the accessories in that final scene when oh. Elizabeth and Henry are in the bedroom. Whoo, it's been a long day. Oh, they've shared state secrets. She flops on the bed to reveal those shoes. Did you see the stacked heels of those shoes with the diamonds, the Harlequin diamonds oh, on them? Yes, Leanne. Okay. Those, that was something special. Those yeah. were, those were, you know, that was a little Papa style. It right really was. Feet. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. And then she sits up to discuss it. And I was mesmerized by those silver earrings she had on with the <laughs> drops and then the pearl necklace, just, just top knots accessories in that last scene. Don't yeah. you think? Yes, Liam. That okay. was excellent. Now, yeah. for me, one of my favorite scenes yeah. was uh, back in the uh, episode eight was uh, when uh, she has she's had she's had a, a wild day at work. I mean, they haven't figured out anything about, you know, are the Russians behind it? Are the Ukrainians who, who's involved? But she comes home and how does she re- re- uh, relax? She does a little uh, home shopping uh, at QVC <laughs> and she is buying face cream. Now, you got to love a woman. That, you know, hope springs eternal when it comes to face cream. Right, Leanne? It does. Every time you look at one of those ads, you're like, this is going to be the cream. This is it. Yes. This is it. This is going to change my life right now. If I just buy a little of that. So that was, I thought, a a very, a very cute thing. And I can understand why uh, she, you know, she, she was doing that. And then we did have just one little family storyline with the football. It was just a fun bit of something in the, in the middle there. The son played in one game, got injured, will never play again. <laughs> so, and she's very, very relieved. So uh-huh. excellent. So all in all, like, I think we've wrapped up this Russia storyline. I think this may be the last. I tried to do some research. Basically, I went into my to-do list on um, <laughs> to record list on my DVR. I think this was the last new show uh, until the new year. So, Ooh, yeah, because really? okay. I think that's it. I think we're going to have a break now. They didn't show preview of the next show. So I think we will be back with the Madam Secretary recap after the first of the year, unless there's breaking Madam Secretary news. <laughs> We have to break There's out. not going to be a holiday party, and they're not going to have the staff singing and dancing at the holiday party. Oh no, Liam! Shoot, Julie, because we suggested that to the executive yes. producers, and I'm pretty sure that um, I'm pretty sure that next year they're going to work that in. Like, oh, hopefully, the series will be review- renewed, and they're going to go. You know what? Let's do that holiday party thing that the Satellite Sisters suggested. But uh, I'm interested to see where the story goes because we definitely have Russia as laid out as the evil empire. But they blasted through that storyline in nine nine episodes. So who knows? Who knows where they're going next uh, with this? Probably ISIS, wouldn't you say? I would think, Lynn. Yeah. Okay. All right. Whew. Well, that was exciting. I, I am going to go on that website. Apparently there's a website, Shop the Show, and I am going to look for those earrings that Elizabeth was wearing. It's just, 
Oh, and our binder's full of blouses. She's really making use of that blue silk blouse. It's just mm-hmm. a great color on her. And as we now know from the executive producers, they told us the costume designer likes to reuse stuff so it looks like she's a real woman. So that blue silk blouse. But then did you, do you not like the sheared blouses at all? She had that kind of sheared turtleneck blouse that was speckled gray. I know you have a problem with sheared turtlenecks. You're not like I, that? I, I didn't like that, Liam. Okay. What did you think? I, I just think she could do better. I mean, she's a wildly attractive woman. And that, no, no turn. She had the Madeleine Albright pin on, though, for several, know, when she was going to go to the UN and speak. She put the Madeleine Albright pin on. So, you like know, that. keep your eye open for that. Recaps. And, you know, it's just fun. Just fun to be able to share products we believe in with you, the Satellite Sisterhood. So, Julie, I will be in Dallas this week. Big book event. You're the best. Celebration of friendship. Don't forget it. Uh, Barnes & Noble, Thursday, December 3rd at noon. Right? Right, Liam. See you. <laughs> See ya. See ya. <laughs> All right. All right. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.
Yes. Okay, I think we nailed it. I think that was really good, Leanne. Okay. And strong. That was good. We got all okay. the info. Good. All I, right. I am going to order those. I think those are those look good. Yeah, they're super reasonably priced. Yeah. No, you that's good. Get you know, for travel or yeah. something like that. Even if they have another one, you know, they, they'll use it. There's no doubt about it. So okay. that's good. You know what? I didn't hit the idea that. Okay, let's just do one more. Okay. Let's just do one more to get it really clean. Okay. Three, two, one. 